We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com, here again with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. It's been a while. How you been? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, work and kind of gearing up. It's been a pretty crazy offseason, considering that the new league year didn't even start until next year. There's been a lot of trades, a lot of cuts, a lot of rumors going on, so we got a lot to cover. Yeah, the Bears have been active uh, uh, in a lot of that, uh, a lot of moves they've made. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we'll talk about them here. Uh, a lot of moves that we expect to happen coming uh, forward here in the next couple of weeks, and you know, really, we're we're only a f- you know, with this is Friday, we're recording. We're only a few days away from the you know the start of free agency when all the the, the things are going to be made clear. Uh, we're going to you know that that uh, negotiating period is what they call it. Uh, we'll, we'll begin. Uh, but let's talk about some of the things that have happened here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, some of the players that the Bears have released, uh, starting with uh, Pernell McPhee, Willie Young, Quentin Demps, and Ryan Pace said that uh, Mike Glennon uh, will be cut uh, at a certain point when, when they can uh, after a certain, they hit a certain date in his contract. So any surprises there with any of those guys to you? Not at all. Uh, I think... And, and we'll get more into this as we go on. But I think, at least so far, everything's pretty much going according to how I would expect it to go. I mean, Pernell McPhee, you can't pay the guy $7 million to do what he's done the last few years. Willie Young, I could kind of see if they wanted to keep him around, but he's old. Uh, he's getting, you know, he's, he's been injured. Quentin Demps, I never thought the signing made sense to begin with, so cutting him makes, you know, complete sense. And then Mike Glennon. The, the weird thing about Mike Glennon, though, is is that, okay, so he's going to be cut on the 14th, which is the first day of the new league year. There's some 
thing in his contract. I I don't think anybody had any clue, but Ryan Pace talked about it. You just kind of alluded right. to the biggest thing with with Mike Glennon though is that Tampa Bay just cut down re-signing uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their backup, and that was the speculated he was going to go back there. They really wanted them back. And it's going to be interesting because, especially when you look at Mike Glennon's market, a lot of people are like, well, who cares? The Bears are going to cut him. Not a big deal. But it's worth keeping in mind that he has $2.5 million uh, that the Bears can recoup. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the, the name of the, the clause uh, in, the, in the contract where they'd be able to get that back. But basically, if he signs with a team for, let's say, $3 million, and the Bears recoup uh, $2.5 million of that back. So... It's kind of a big deal for him to have at least a little bit of a market because, you know, two and a half million is not a huge deal by any means. But it would be cool to see, especially after Glenn got eighteen and a half million dollars guaranteed to start four games and look awful. It'd be kind of cool to at least see him get two and a half million of that back. Well, you know, I think before the Bears signed him, he was considered one of the better backup quarterbacks in in the NFL. Remember, Tampa tried to keep him, make him the, the highest paid backup in the NFL. So I think, you know, he didn't do himself any favors by, you know, in his uh, four-game st- stretch with the Bears, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, he's still... Uh, a viable guy you know he didn't he wasn't uh the only reason that the bears were the offense was horrible um you know i think I, that's a really good point i hadn't thought about that and i do think there there will be at least a small market for mike glennon as a backup you know he's not uh you know the the worst quarterback out there and there's a lot of bad backups out there so uh that's a good point that's another two and a half million that the bears could use in free agency uh with all those cuts with mike glennon uh, gone. Uh, what's your cap space for the Bears at this point? Uh, right now, it's looking like uh, about sixty-four and a half. Uh, the cap came in a little lower than people were expecting. I think a lot of people had it projected one seventy-eight uh, up to one eighty. <clears throat> Ended up right around one seventy-seven point two. Then they had six, uh, seven point six million dollars in rollover. So they're going to have some fluidity. Uh, and you know, obviously, they got some other guys they can move, uh, other things that they can do. So they are in very good shape. I think they're still top five because of the Marquise Goodwin. Uh, extension that happened yesterday so they're still top five in cap space nowhere near the browns the browns have got like 110 million but i think the browns are going to run into a similar situation that the bears ran into last year they don't have a quarterback they've got a, a coaching staff that's right on the verge of being fired i don't think even with as much money as they have i mean you're looking at a few teams up and coming teams i think you could probably put the bears in that the 49ers in that uh so i think the bears are going to be in obviously competitive market the market is not very good in terms of talent there's there's guys to be had uh, but I, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a different offseason than we did last season, and we can get more into that later on. But the Bears have a good amount of cap space, some good flexibility. They can do pretty much anything they want this offseason. Well, that's a good point, and you know, that's probably not going to be. There's going to be more cuts, and you you have to think that. Uh, you, you, we know Marcus Wheaton is going to get cut. We know Marcus Cooper is going to get cut. Uh, Deion Sims is a good possibility. And if those three guys go, that's another $15 million on top. You know, So we're looking at around $80 million to spend uh, in free agency. I mean, you can do a whole lot of damage. And you did bring up a good point. This isn't a market that is loaded with top-tier talent. And even the guys that are uh, considered at, at the top of their position have question marks because of injuries. Uh, or, or certain things so this isn't you know the, the this isn't the type of market where you can uh, well I, I do think they can do some damage though especially if they're really aggressive but uh, there's no reason for them not to be and, and we go I, I think we've gone back to this a couple of times in the Stefan Gilmore last year and him going to the Patriots and saying he didn't understand why the Bears wouldn't give him what was it like two million more is all he wanted right 
Something like that. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with the guarantee, too, because yeah. the Patriots gave him a wild, wild guarantee. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, still, I, I think if you have that much money, $80 million, there is no reason not to be aggressive. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but when, after all those cuts happen and when Mike Lennon is taken off the roster, the highest paid player uh, in terms of cap number next season will be Kyle Fuller making $12.971 million under the transition tag, uh, assuming another team doesn't want to pay him more and, and, and the Bears don't uh, match the contract. I mean, you, explain the transition tag for those who don't know it. So pretty much the transition tag is almost it's almost like a uh, like a restricted free agent tender like a you know like a just a very very expensive uh, original round tender. So basically what it is is the Bears put a tag on him to essentially control his market. So it's, instead of the franchise tag where there's two where you have the uh, the non-exclusive tag where they tag him and any team can make an offer. Uh, if the Bears don't match that offer, then the Bears would get two first-round picks. An exclusive tag is basically no teams can make him any sort of offer or anything like that. But the, the price tag's higher. It's almost uh, 16 or I think it was like $15.2 million. Then you look at the transition tag, and, and, and basically what they're doing here is they're saying, okay, we're going to control you to a certain extent we feel comfortable enough that your market is going to be more of what we think it is versus what other teams think it is so we're going to let you if you want to talk to other teams you can test the market you can see what's out there for you if a team really likes you they can sign you to an offer sheet and the bears have every right to be able to match that offer sheet and they have all the cap space in the world to do so so it, the only risk comes from the fact, let's say a team comes in and says, okay, well, we'll give Kyle Fuller $15 million a year, and the Bears say, okay, we're not doing that. The the risk comes in with that is the fact that they wouldn't get any sort of compensation for not matching the offer sheet. Now, the realistic possibility of what's going to happen is he's probably going to garner some interest. Maybe a team signs him to an offer sheet of four or five years, 11, 10, maybe $13 million a year, and the Bears are going to say, okay, Thank you very much to whoever just did that because now we didn't have to negotiate a contract with him whatsoever. We're going to match this, and it's done. So the, there's a very low risk in this because you look at the cornerback market right now. You've got Tremaine Johnson, who's the top name. You've got Rashad Breeland. You've got Malcolm Butler. Uh, Richard Sherman just got released. So you've got a lot of names out there, and ultimately that's going to help out the Bears a lot. And there's been a lot of talk. I mean, the Bears want to keep him. Kyle Fuller wants to stay here. I think that's the biggest thing. So basically the Bears have bought themselves some time. They understand the situation where Kyle Fuller thinks, okay, I just had a really good year. I want to get paid. You know, understandable for both sides, but Ryan Pace has a has a vision of what his market is, and and Kyle Fuller has a vision of what his market is. Kind of like last year with Jeffrey. The difference is Jeffrey didn't want to be here. He took less money to go elsewhere, and you know that was kind of that. This isn't the same situation. So at very worst case scenario, maybe the Bears end up having to match a you know uh, match an offer sheet at thirteen million dollars a year. Maybe they want to pay him eleven and a half, twelve. Who cares? I mean, but it, it, maybe that one million dollars a year more is worth the fact that they don't have to negotiate anything with him. But this is a very safe move, a very smart move by Ryan Pace. And at least to me, I mean, I, I just said it just a little bit ago, but this just feels like a different offseason. He's making the right moves, keeping a guy like Kyle Fuller, okay, he's only had the one good season. He's been up and down. I get that. You can't let young talent like that walk out the door. And I think his ceiling's still pretty high at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think he's he's gotten better under Ed, Ed Donatel and, and, and 
Vic Fangio and those guys are still in place, and you have to think that he enjoys playing with them. And I do think that other teams will consider the fact that he didn't play in 2016 and he didn't play all that well his first two years before that. So, you know, we're talking about a guy who's only had one good season. Yes, he's a former first-round draft pick, but, uh, you know, he wants to get paid, and I think he is getting paid. I mean, even if he just makes – he signs the tender – He's gonna make thirteen million dollars this year. I mean that that's that's top tier cornerback money. So I think this it works out on both sides, and it's a really good point. The Bears don't they don't have to negotiate him with, with him now, and it won't ever you know it, it won't go down an ugly path. You know um, the other teams are gonna do that for him. That's a really really good point. And we talked about this before, and you know maybe thirteen million is a little high for a guy who's only had one good season. But Bears have the money to spend, and I I do think you're right. I I think that uh, the the market is going to probably balance itself out and the bears are going to end up uh paying about what they want to pay for kyle fuller without having to negotiate that's a really good point uh and you talked about the moves that he's made i think one of the biggest ones was extending uh akeem hicks last year uh that was a monster move in my opinion and i think if he makes a few more moves here he's going to have the opportunity to be uh, as aggressive as he wants to be in free agency, which is going to be exciting. And we'll, we'll, we'll get real into free agency on Monday's podcast, uh, talking about all the rumors and stuff that's going to happen then. But I do think that, uh, you know, he has no reason to not be aggressive. And as long as he, he does it wisely and doesn't spend, a, what, a 14 and a half, well, 18 total on a guy like Mike Glennon, um, he can really this team can take a, a big step forward especially if he nails it in the draft too so uh big you know this is what we say it feels like it every year but is this pace's pace's biggest off season i it's funny i was just thinking that it's like every year i write the same article this is pace's biggest off season i really think it is because it seems like things even last year when things went bad everything's kind of trending it seems to be in the right direction obviously trubisky is the biggest biggest part in all of this i mean he's he's got to be good for the bears to be good but the bears got a lot of money they've got some good young talent uh, that they're going to have under control for quite a while this is this is big and it's not to say i'm not calling for ryan pace to go out and say you know you're getting 10 million dollars and you're getting 10 million dollars and the next thing you know they're backloading a ton of contracts and 2 years from now they're going to have a whole bunch of old guys on bad deals that they can't get rid of and they're going to you know they, you you got to be smart in free agency but I also think that that's the uh, positions... Phil, Phil Emery philosophy exactly. free agency yeah. exactly so I, I just I think but I think Ryan Pace is calculated enough he's made some stupid moves there's no doubt about that but I think he's calculated enough in free agency that even him splurging isn't going to put them in a very awkward position 2 or 3 years down the line but the re- ultimate reality of the situation is, and I know a lot of fans looked at this over the last few weeks, look at what the Eagles have done. The Eagles go out and they trade for Michael Bennett. Look at what the Rams have done. They go out and they trade. Uh, you know, And these are these are two teams that were very good last year that are sending teams that continue to add talent. They go out, they add Marcus Peters. Uh, yesterday they traded for Aqib Tlaib. Uh, so you're seeing teams that are already good getting better. And right now the Bears absolutely cannot afford to continue to tread water when they have young guys under contract, whether that be Hicks, whether that be the draft picks. They need that boost in free agency. So Ryan Pace can talk about treacherous waters all he wants with free agency and how big of a risk it is. The fact of the matter is he's got to be able to to sign the right guys and make some moves to get them over the hump. They can build through the draft all they want, and that's how you build successful teams. But you have to be able to supplement that through free agency, especially when you have the talent gap that the Bears have. So. I think ultimately, I, I think he's. I think he's going to be in a much better position than he was last year. The Bears are attractive. They got a new coaching staff. They're going to have a lot of nice connections there. 
A lot of people seem to be somewhat high on uh, Trubisky, and I think they should be. So this is a much different situation than it was last year. And if as long as Ryan Pace is willing to be aggressive, he was aggressive last year. It's not like he wasn't. I mean, it was simply, you know, there's been a lot of reports that, that players took less money to go elsewhere because they didn't like the situation that the Bears were in. I just don't think it's going to be the same this year. And I think, I think Bears fans are going to be very excited as we roll into even this time next week and see what they have in free agency and be like, wow, this, this team's definitely going to be better. Well, I think that the fact that they have, like you point out, this isn't the same situation. You have a brand-new head coach, uh, first-time head coach who is a well-respected offensive mind. You would think that offensive players would want to come and play for, for Nagy. Um, you know, this is a, a, he put together a pretty solid uh, coaching staff. He was able to keep Vic Fangio, which, again, I'll, I'll – I'll say it all off season. That was the biggest move that the Bears made. Fangio kept Donatel basically his entire coaching staff uh, from last season, and 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 these are all guys who have been de- developing these young players that you're talking about. Uh, you know the guys who are the core of the team, and I, I you know I think it now you know the Bears weren't a destination uh, location in free agency, and I'm not calling them a destination spot now, but I do think that they are much more attractive than having. Uh, old man John Fox on the hot seat and, you know, a, a moron for, for an offensive coordinator. Um, and I, I shouldn't call him a moron, but, uh, you know, a guy just was in over his head. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, when you bring, bring the Trubisky factor into it, uh, if, if, you know, those guys see Trubisky and they think that he's the future, that, that that's even makes them even more attractive. So, yeah, those are all real points. Uh, just real quick, you know, the Bears did finalize all of their coaches you know, they like I said, they kept pretty much everybody on the uh, uh, the defensive side of the ball. You know, one of the thing to point out, you know, with this entire coaching staff is that they not only changed the coaches, but they 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 got a new uh, strength and conditioning coach and a new head athletic trainer to try and deal with this never-ending rash of injuries that is that have been happening here, or at least happened under John Fox. Uh, you know, what do you know about this new, uh, this, uh, new trainer? Well, the strength and conditioning coach, everything that I've read, and obviously it's kind of hard to gauge, uh, what's going on, but everything I've read about this guy coming out of Washington state, and I can't even remember the guy's name right now. Uh, he's by all accounts, he's a stud. And there's a lot of people that are upset that he's leaving Washington state and looking at his numbers, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I guess he's been really, really good, especially with the bigger guys, offensive line, defensive line, with guys getting hurt. Uh, they didn't really have any soft tissue injuries, uh, very little ACL tear, stuff like that. And you, what was funny, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because really we don't have the time and I don't think people really care. But the one thing I will say is the Leech Beach may be coming to Chicago. And by that, I mean a lot of people are probably wondering what. And basically, Mike Leach, the head coach of Washington State, decided that he wanted to build this this beach almost it's just beach sand like a pit like a sand pit and he has his guys training in this sand pit i think it's like 40 or 50 yards and basically they're doing all sorts of drills running doing all sorts of stuff and i guess the the new uh, strength and conditioning coach was a big part in doing this and he in at least from what he's saying in his studies is that 
uh, you know, training in the sand and doing the different things is help strengthening, you know, the soft tissue, the ligaments, the different things like that. So when these guys are getting out on a football field, when they're running full speed on hard ground or whatever it may be, they're getting a different workout. And in talking to different people, I know nothing about this. Anybody who's ever seen me knows I've never been to a gym in my life and probably never will be. But talking to the different people who do uh, strength and conditioning, personal trainer, stuff like that, one of the biggest things that they said is very important, and this is something that he does, is the fact that he personalizes every single guy's training regimen. It's not something, you know, all across the board, everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's got a different body. So everything's personalized. The players love him. Uh, there was quite a few upset media members uh, even that were like, oh, man, this is a this is a big move that they're losing him. So obviously we won't know too much until we start seeing things go on. But it sounds like, you know, this guy could be along the same lines as Rusty Jones who ended up coming back and now he's with uh, – now he's with the with the Colts, but it's going to be big. I mean, a lot of people look at it and they say, oh, well, you know, the strength and conditioning coach, all this other stuff, not a big deal, but it is. And if the Bears can stay healthy, that's less depth that's required, especially for a team that is, you know, lacking talent in general. So this could be a big move and, you know, it may not really show up on the win-loss column or his name may not be there, but it it, it could be a big impact if this works. And I oh, like to hire I, I absolutely agree. His name is Jason LaSalzo. Um, yeah, if if he can get rid of those soft tissue injuries that have just plagued this team for the last few years. That would be enormous. And like you said, then you, you're not forced to put third stringers out there. And we've seen the last couple of seasons by the end of the year, every, the team is so banged up. You don't, I mean, unless you're a diehard fan or you cover the team, you, you don't even know a lot of the names who are out there. So, uh, and that was especially so two seasons ago. So uh, I, something needed to change, you know, the bears, uh, they they change head athletic trainer to his name is Andre Tucker. Um, so it, you know they they've addressed that injury situation. Whether or not it will pan out, I don't know. That is interesting stuff though about the sand. Uh, we'll see if it works. But if it, if it does and they can keep their best players on the field, man, that that's 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 huge in today's NFL. You look at a lot of the teams that, that do well. Uh, and it's those are the teams that don't, you know. I, I mean, some teams are able to withstand injuries, but a lot of the teams that do well, it's because they don't get get uh, hit with major injuries to their biggest positions. So, uh, you know, if if the Bears can stop, if that can stop, that's a huge step forward. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about uh, before we move on is Brad Childress, uh, and I know we discussed him in our last podcast, but it was interesting what Ryan Pace had to say uh, about Childress's role, and basically, it's what you and I pretty much assumed is that he's coming in to teach this offense and what Nagy said was you know stepping into this role the first time there's a lot more to it than just being an offensive coordinator there's a lot more head coaching duties that you have and you can't focus all your time on it and he said he was looking forward you know enjoying the you know, being in in the defensive rooms and in the, in, the, in the special teams rooms, so he's not going to be able to be in that offensive room all the time. And basically, when Nagy leaves, it's Childress's show, and he'll he'll take over basically as the de facto head coach in teaching uh, this offense to this brand new uh, offensive coaching staff. Uh, you know, guys, the only the only holdover I believe uh, is Radon, right? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Yeah. I think you're completely right on that. And yeah. 
at least by all accounts, everybody who actually knows something about the team seems to think it was a good move. I wasn't a big fan, and I'll gladly eat my words if it ends up being big, but apparently his familiarity with and his relationship with Trubisky was something that they valued over anybody else. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there's there's something to be said about that. I, I You know, working with a guy and understanding your player as well as he does, uh, you know, there's value in that. If it doesn't work out this year, I'm sure they'll, they'll move on from him, but, uh, you know, he does, he does know... Trubisky better than anybody in the, in that in that building right now, so that's that's a good guy to have. And I think you know you bring in a guy like Helfrich, I think his focus will be entirely on Trubisky as well. And I think Nagy's going to spend a lot of time with him. Also, I think the, one of the outside of Fangio, and I know we talked about this already, but Harry Heastand, I think he's going to be a huge addition. And I also think that if uh, you know they. Uh, Nagy talked about how he's kind of been leaning on some of these uh, college coaches that he's, he's brought up. And I think when it comes down to it, if Quentin Nelson is there, he's their guy at, at number eight. I'm convinced. I'm sure he stand is going to push for him uh, to be that road grader up front for the uh, the future. So I, I'm excited about this coaching staff. Again, I'm glad that the defensive staff is, is all in place. And I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I think this is a much more solid group than we saw on paper last year when we, you know, you, you and I didn't have any faith in John Fox going into last year, and you know there were so many questions on the offensive side of the ball. I don't, I don't see so many at least as, as far as the coaching staff goes. I think it's a good coaching staff. I at least on paper, maybe it's hyperbole on my part. I think this is one of the better coaching staffs I can remember seeing for the Bears. Uh, obviously, all on paper, we'll see, but. I, I like what they did. Continuity on the defense, defensive side of the ball could use a few moves, and I think they're going to be in good shape for quite a while. But you know, they need a new offensive staff. And the biggest thing is Nagy. Or Nagy doesn't seem to have that that ego, uh, and he seems to understand. Okay, you know, I've I've got a lot of work ahead of me. I'm not just an offensive coordinator. I've got to focus on all you know all three phases of uh you know of the ball. Uh, but, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is he's bringing veteran guys in. He's bringing in guys that he used to coach with or play with, uh, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, a move like Brad Childress basically saying, I may not be able to handle all this on my own right away. And I'm going to need help from people that I trust. I think that says a lot. And I, and I think obviously this could mean nothing. We could be talking here and, you know, in the middle of November saying, oh, my God, what kind of mistake did the Bears make? But I don't know, man. Optimism's high. It's the offseason. Free agency's about to start. And at least so far on paper, uh, everything looks to be going much better than it was a year ago. Yeah, this is a pretty exciting time. I, I think Negi alone, he's I've been around him a few times. He's an exciting guy. I mean, he, he brings energy uh, that you definitely never, never got from John Fox. Uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I go back to Mark Tressman's time. You know that guy was that guy never came out of his office. Um, you know he was really laser focused on 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 what he was trying to do in, in Chicago, and, and unfortunately it didn't work out for him. He had some other faults, personality faults, like that I think was the biggest issue with him. Uh, but you know John Fox was a guy you know you would see out in training camp out drinking like every night. I mean it, he was he was a really hands off head coach, and I think. Uh, you know, if he didn't have the right guys in place, then, the, you know, as far as the coaching staff, it wasn't going to work out because he wasn't going to be the one who was going to step in and really do a whole lot. I mean, he was a he was a delegator. And I don't think that's the type of coach that Nagy's going to be. I think he's going to be hands on right there, uh, you know, making sure this thing works out and not just collecting a paycheck because he's been doing it for 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 16 years or whatever Fox had been doing it for uh, as a head coach. I mean, that that in alone that in itself 
uh, bring some some excitement, and again, like we talked about, might make the Bears a little bit more attractive to some of these free agents. So let's move into these these free agents and uh, just some of the things that we're hearing right now. Um, you, I'll let you start. How aggressive is Ryan Pace going to be on the first day of free agency? It sounds like he's going to be quite aggressive, and obviously this is coming from you know a bevy of information uh you know given to me talking to different people uh stuff like that just kind of the word around what's going on i mean even reading the tea leaves with a guy like big stuff like that it looks like they're going to be aggressive man and they and they should and and we we just got done talking about you know just just as an example guys like Deion sims marcus wheaton uh marcus cooper so these are guys right now they're hanging out on the roster because you know, Ryan Pace has probably got in the back of his mind, well, what if things kind of go like last offseason? I don't want to cut these guys and be high and dry with worse options than what we have. But I'm telling you right now, if they land a guy like a Trey Burton, who there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, could end up being a big target for the Bears, uh, you know, Deion Sims is gone. They're just going to move, they probably just move Shaheen into the Y, uh, you know, more, more of a blocker, whatever it may be, you know, and, and Burton will be more of a receiving guy. And then you look at a guy like uh, Albert Wilson, who, you know, there, there's been a lot of ties to him, and that's not really sourced information. That's just simply the the Chiefs GM said, you know, Matt's in Chicago. They 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 know what the Bears probably value a guy like Albert Wilson, who already knows the offensive system. I mean, he's nothing special. I think he's got a higher ceiling than some people do. You know, not a number one receiver type, but he'd be a big value. Uh, so I think, you know, you start looking at guys like that. Richard Sherman just got cut. Moon Mullen just put out a uh, article, you know, I think it was earlier this morning, basically saying something along the lines of, you know, the Bears could definitely have some interest in him. And, uh, you know, same thing with Sherman. Sherman, the whole entire reason why Sherman went from being a receiver to a corner in college was because of Vic Fangio. So you look at some of these guys, and I think the biggest one uh, that we've that a lot of Bears fans are going to be focused on right now is going to be Allen Robinson. This is a guy that uh, the Bears are going to target heavily. Uh, sorry, Brad Biggs has talked about that. Uh, I've heard the same thing. I mean, he's going to be a big target. Now, the thing to keep in mind is, you know, it, it's exciting times, cool, uh, especially with a guy like Allen Robinson. Okay, you know, the Bears are going to be targeting him. So are about five or six other teams. And, you know, some of these teams may not be quite as attractive as the Bears, but there's going to be other teams like, let's say, a San Francisco team where – you know, now you're looking at do you want a more established coaching staff with a Kyle Shanahan when they finish off the season five? Is definitely more established, maybe not by much, but you know, then uh, Trubisky got a little bit better of a track record, whatever it may be. So there's going to be some interesting factors here, but everything that I've been told is Ryan Pace isn't going to be outbid this year. And if that means that he's got to go high on a guy like Robinson, if that means he's got to go a little higher on a guy like Burton, expect that to happen. With that being said, hold your expectations on these contracts the the market is not good right now it's just as simple as that there, there's some talent out there the bears can improve uh it wouldn't take much especially at receiver but the thing that bears fans and fans around the league have to keep in mind is the salary cap continues to grow the talent pool continues to shrink in free agency so teams are having more money the browns have 110 million dollars there's a ton of teams that have over i think the median right now is right around 45 million dollars in cap space three years ago there was no teams with that kind of cap space so with the depleted talent pool, with a ton of needs, a ton of bad teams with a lot of money, 
there's going to be a lot of overpayment going on. So Bears fans just need to prepare themselves now. Some of these guys are going to get bigger contracts than they should. I understand that. It's probably going to be a little panicking at first, but one, it's not any of our money, so we shouldn't really worry about it. Ryan Pace has got it under control, but these guys are going to get overpaid. If, if you want the Bears to improve in free agency, they're going to have to overpay for guys, and that's just kind of part of it. Well, and they have the money to spend. We already talked about this. I mean, potentially just right off the bat, $80 million. I mean, you can do a whole lot of damage with $80 million. And like you said, I mean, people, there's going to be other teams that are going to be aggressive out there. And if you want those those big name guys, I mean, you look at uh, I just I, I keep bringing up going back to, to Stefan Gilmore. I mean, I know the guaranteed money was ridiculous in that contract. But, you know, you look at what, how he shut down. Alshon Jeffrey in the second half of that Super Bowl, and you look at the value that he has to that team. I mean, what he what he would bring to the Bears right now. I mean, where they would sit right now with Kyle Fuller and him. You know that that's the type of uh, mistake you can't make. And I, you're right. If you got if you got to pay a little bit more, you know you can't freak out because you thought a guy was only worth 11 million. They paid him 13 million. It's only two million dollars, or if it's four million dollars, whatever. Again, like you said, it's not our money. Uh, they have the money to spend, and and you can't. You know, free agency isn't isn't how you build a long term, uh, you know, success. But it's done through the draft. We all know that, and I think the Bears are 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 headed in the right direction, especially if they if they have another good one this year. But you know, you still you can't. I mean, there's holes. There's holes all over this roster, and those those can't all be filled through the draft. And I, if you want those big names, I I agree, man. You got to spend, and you, if you're gonna pay a little bit more, you're gonna pay a little bit more. I mean, that's kind of where the where where we. I mean, look look at how much money the Jaguars spent last year on guys in free agency. I mean, it was out of control. I mean, and because they just they had to spend it. They had so much money. So, uh, you know, the Bears at eighty million, they got they have to spend that money. I mean, I, I know they can roll over some, but I mean, it doesn't do, really do any good to, this year to roll over that money so uh, i think i think you're right they are going to be aggressive and i think you got you, you got to suck it up and accept the contracts and one one other point is that pace doesn't hasn't typically you know signed these guys guys to long-term deals these are usually front-loaded contracts uh that you know he's able to get out of the second or third year i think the only really bad one was eddie royal other than that, they've all pretty much been one-year deals. And if the guys deserve it, then he gives them the extension. I think that's a great strategy. Now, as far as Allen Robinson goes, I, I you know, there's question marks about him. Um, you know, he's coming off, uh, I think he tore both his ACL and his MCL last year. Um, but, man, when he, and there was some, there's some questions about his, uh, the, you know, some rumors about laziness and whatnot with him. But, man, two years ago, he was just an absolute beast, 1,400 yards. I mean, this is a legitimate number one wide receiver, and I think he's only 25 years old. Am I correct? Yeah, he's he's young. I, he's 24, 25. Yeah, I, I mean, think he may just be turning 25. And so it's just keep in mind it's just an ACL. It, it's nothing you know it's it's not what it used to be. So I understand there's some concern there should be but don't rule the guy out. The guy didn't his his leg didn't fall off and they had to put it back on. I mean this is just you know it's an ACL. He's coming back from it. And the thing is is he had a 1400 yard season with uh man, I want to say he had I want to say he had more than 10 touchdowns. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. This is a number one if he's healthy, this is a number one receiver on the market. I don't even think it's even close. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think you know it's it's risky to pay a guy fourteen, fifteen minutes, whatever he's going to command uh, when he's coming off such an injury. But like you said, guys, I mean, guys tear their ACLs all the time. I mean, 
it's not you know the, the the type of injury that it was back in the day. I mean, maybe even if he doesn't get back to a hundred percent, say until midway through next season, I mean, you're, you're probably going to sign him to a longer term deal than that, and so you're still going to get whatever three and a half years of of, of top tier production. I think he's he's the guy. I I I I, had, I wrote about. Uh, the wide receivers in free agency a couple weeks ago, and I said Allen Robinson is the guy that they need to go after. So I'm all for it. I think that's a great move for the Bears. He's your number one. You can build around him uh, in the passing attack, and if you you know if if somehow you get something out of Cam Meredith or Trevin White, then you have two legitimate wide receivers. I think that that, that that's all you need if you have some you know uh, uh, a good tight end and Adam Shaheen. I think Trey Burton I think would just be a good complement. Uh, to Shaheen, but I think that that alone, you throw Tariq Cohen in there, uh, you get a, get a slot receiver, and I, I think that's enough. I mean, you have a, you have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Who uh, do you want to talk about that silly rumor for Jarvis Landry? Yeah, uh, well, I, I, you know, man, I, I don't know how silly it was. I, I have to in this kind of situation, I've, I've got to trust that Moon was getting pretty good information to be able to put something like that out. And I don't think it's so much that it came from the Bears, but more of the Dolphins. Uh, it it wouldn't shock me. I'm just and this is kind of split into two different things. One, I'm I'm sure the Bears are interested in Jarvis Landry. Uh, the dude's a slot receiver. I like Jarvis Landry. He you know he has a hundred catch year all the time. Yards per catch aren't really there. I think he's a good value for you know probably ten eleven million dollars a year. But you're talking about having to trade draft picks and sign him to probably thirteen fourteen. But the other side of this is even listening to what Nagy was or Nagy was saying during his his press conference is I'm not 100 percent sure that Jordan Howard's going to be a great fit for this offense. And I don't think that's overly unrealistic to think about because he can't catch very well and he's not really that good of a, a, a pass blocker. So, I mean, yeah, he's a great runner. Don't get me wrong, but. You also have to look through the, you know, especially over the last five, ten years of how expendable guys that have success running the ball can be if they're only one-dimensional. And I'm not saying that they should trade Howard. I don't think they should. But it wouldn't shock me if they draft somebody or they sign like a Jarek McKinnon, something like that, that can catch the ball, run the ball, and pass block a little bit better. And that may have more value in the Matt Nagy system. So I can see maybe maybe the trade itself doesn't make a ton of sense. I, I can definitely see why that would be the case. But that you know when you split these two up, when you're looking at Landry, I think obviously Landry makes some sense for the Bears are looking for a top receiver. And if Nagy really believes that Jordan Howard isn't going to fit his offense without being able to catch the ball more and be a little bit dynamic, I mean I think it could make some sense to. Uh, to try to shop him at his highest point. I mean, it's obviously a huge risk, and I wouldn't do it, but I definitely think it could make some sense. Well, when I, when I said silly, I, I didn't mean the report being silly. I, I know that, the, you know, I know Moon's my guy. I, I, I just meant that the trade, I, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to me. Um, you know, Jordan Howard, I, I didn't really get the feel from Nagy that uh, he didn't think he was going to be a great fit. I think Nagy... It's his job to make him fit. I think Jordan Howard is a very good running back. I mean, he's one of the ball in his hand. He can pretty much do it all. He can run it. He can run to the edge. He's got good uh, quick feet. Uh, he makes good cuts for a big guy. He's also the you know the guy who gets you those short yardage runs. Uh, you know, he he has good open field vision. He's only twenty three years old. I mean, we're talking about. Uh, you know the the really I mean Trubisky's the 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 franchise, but Jordan Howard is the foundation of that offense right now. And I'd, I, I it would really surprise me if Nagy weren't weren't able to figure it out. I mean you already have a pass catcher in Tariq Cohen. You can use him in that role. Uh, you know, and, and last year I mean Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing. So I, I mean this is. Uh, 
with Nagy calling, you know, not all the plays, but you know, the the second half of the season, I I, I think that, like you said, Jarvis Landry is a slot receiver. His numbers. He's caught 100 passes the last couple of years, but I think his, his, his yards per catch were barely 10 yards last year. I mean, he's just a slot receiver, catches a bunch of balls, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that you give up uh, who I believe is right now your best player on offense uh, for a slot receiver. I mean, that, that, that's, that's my opinion. And I guess my, my question to you is, do you, do you still see this as potentially happening? I don't. I, I, I think ultimately what's going to happen, because a lot of things have changed since that even came out last week, because you look at the receiver market right now, what it is right now, and the fact is Jarvis Landry is going to be traded somehow. You know, it's, it's some way, somehow it's going to happen. But Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins are going to hit the market. That wasn't expected to happen up until about, what, three or four days ago when the tag deadline happened. So I think a lot of things within that landscape have changed. Like I said, I don't agree with it. I don't think it would be a good trade. But I can also I, – what I will say is I could see the Bears, let's just say they pick up like a third uh, you know, or maybe even use a fourth-round pick – I could see them drafting a guy like a, a, a Balage kind of guy or a Royce Freeman, somebody who could catch the ball. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Jordan Howard not out there 90% of the time and you know maybe bring in another guy. Because I think really they're going to use Tariq Cohen. He may get the ball five, ten times out of the backfield. But I think they're going to use him more in the slot and, and get creative with him, kind of like uh, you know Tyreek Hill, stuff like that. But I do think it's plausible – I'm not saying it'll happen, but I do think it's plausible that maybe the value isn't going to be quite as high for Jordan Howard in this offense. And I think you could see another running back brought in to maybe bring in a little bit more, uh, you know, of a dynamic presence. And that doesn't mean that Jordan Howard is not going to be the number one running back. But I don't think a trade like that makes any sense because everything that we've seen from the Bears outside of, of, of tagging Fuller so far, I mean, look at they've made five cuts so far, okay? And some of these guys have been pretty solid players, especially a guy like Josh Sitton. I think you can make an argument for one of the pass rushers. You can't continue to take steps backwards, especially in offense. Like you said, he's probably the best piece on offense they have right now. And you're not in a position like the Eagles were, or uh, not the Eagles, uh, Jay Ajahi. Oh, yeah, Miami. Not really in a position where you know Miami was, even though Miami wasn't that good last year. Where you could just say, "Okay, we're going to give away one of our good guys to you know get something else or whatever," maybe because he doesn't fit. The Bears aren't in that position. The Bears need to be moving forward. Ryan Pace is on a clock. I don't care that he got an extension. I don't care that Matt Nagy or Nagy's on here for four, or, you know, five years. The fact is, Ryan Pace has got to start producing wins. And the best way to help out your, uh, you know, your your rookie quarterback, or well, I guess your second year quarterback, outside of a good offensive line and getting more receiving help, have a consistent running game. And right now, you can't convince me that there's anybody else out on the market, or you can't convince me that they're going to be able to draft a running back that's going to be able to have better production or the same production as Jordan Howard. It just doesn't make any sense to do this year. No, and I I, I agree, and I, I understand his faults. I mean, I know that Jordan Howard isn't an all-around running back, but I think if you have a good offensive mind, they did draft Tariq Cohen. Uh, you have some creative play calling. I mean, you you lose him to his strengths. His strengths are very strong. You know what I mean? Like what he does well, he does extremely well. Uh, you, yes, he does have some deficiencies. You don't probably don't want to throw to him in the red zone. That's probably not a great idea. Uh, but you know, uh, Jordan Howard can carry your offense. Jordan Howard is the type of guy who can wear down opposing defenses where they don't even want to tackle him at the end of the game because he's just beating crap out of them. And, you know, those guys don't. You know, aren't out there right now. And like you said, you, you, they're probably not available in the draft either, unless you want to, you know, trade up for for uh, Saquon Barkley, which would be insane. 
But, you know, why would you? Yeah, I agree with you. None, none of that makes any sense. It's, to me, Landry's a slot receiver, and he's going to be overpriced. You you have Jordan Howard at a, at a fifth round price for another two more years. I mean, you know, be happy with what you have and, and let him be uh, the focal point of the offense. And like you said, he's he's you know you get some more protection up front that's great you get another wide receiver that's great but jordan howard is the is the thing that's going to make life easiest for your franchise quarterback and one last thing here to uh, discuss before we get out uh it, bears will be on television or that will be part of the first game next season they're going to face the ravens in the hall of fame game that will take place on uh saturday august 4th uh in uh canton ohio uh, where the where the Hall of Fame is, so that you get a, a, a real early opportunity to see this new offense uh, out there against the Ravens. Uh, Bears have played in the Hall of Fame game uh, five times previous, well, four times, and they had the one uh, co- my first year when I was covering the Bears. I was supposed to go to the um, in 2011. I was supposed to go to the Bears Rams game, and it got canceled. I remember that. Um, uh, but they have done it four times before, um, so this will be their fifth time, and they're, they, they've won all four, so they're undefeated in this Hall of Fame game. Not that it means anything, but um, Bears will get to be out there first time, first time of the year. Uh, anything else you want to discuss? Are we good to go? I think we're pretty good to go. I mean, I, I like that they're going in the Hall of Fame game one because it's another game that we all get to see, and you know, most fans love bottom of the roster stuff too. And I think because they get one extra week or two of training camp, something like that. So yeah. I think this is this is a good perfect storm. But in terms of everything else that's going on, I I would just say at least from everything that's been going around, and obviously there's no guarantee, but strap in because I think next week. I mean, we're still as we're recording this podcast, trades are happening all around the league, and and it's just trades and cuts and all of the other stuff that's going on. It's gonna be crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears get involved with trading. We'll have to see how that goes, but I would expect the Bears roster to look completely different uh, this time next week when we you know if we do another podcast or even if you're just looking forward to next weekend. It's there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. And uh, also the other thing really kind of going in before free agency starts, the Bears have got to do some uh, some tenders. I think the only two guys that they're probably tender before we talk next uh, is probably going to be Cameron Meredith. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him like a second-round tender. It would be right around $3 million. Uh, Bryce Callahan, either original round or a second round. So you're looking at either 2 or $3 million. Uh, but those are probably going to be the only guys of the restricted free agents that they keep. And I'm sure we may see a few small re-signs, but like I said, man, this is this is going to be a very, very different team a week from now, and I think a lot of Bears fans are going to be very happy with that when they start seeing things move. Yeah, I agree with you about the tenders. I don't see anybody else but those two, and I think those guys deserve those tenders. So, uh, and, and another good point about you know being active in in the trade market, Ryan Pace has n- never shown any uh, uh, you know being. Uh, 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 fear of the trade market i mean he goes head to head with bill belichick all the time so uh, that wouldn't surprise me either that's it guys thanks for hanging out with us we will be back here on monday when all the rumors start happening and uh we we start getting a better feel for who's going where we'll discuss it uh and and, you know what that's going to mean for the bears in 2018 and, and 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 beyond so thanks for listening with us be sure to follow aaron on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can all also give me a follow at Bear Report. You can check out all our work at the Bay, all of our work at the Bear Report Facebook page as well as bearreport.com. Uh, you can also talk to us every day at the bearreport.com message boards. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, that's it, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.